I'm on a motorway, looking down at the mayhem spread out in front of me. A pile-up, lasting as far as the eye can see. The first accident involves a crushed car and a bloodied sheet covering what must be bodies. People are milling around and someone is pushing a 1970s baby buggy out of the way of the scene of the accident. I float past and over the devastation, passing more mangled vehicles until eventually I'm hovering near a coach crushed in the collision. Two teenage girls are staring at a phone and singing, smiling happily as they record themselves. I'm standing beside them now. I check they're okay, they're fine. They don't talk to me, they carry on singing oblivious, but I somehow know that they were on their way to celebrate their mother's birthday. There is writing on the back of the coach about the birthday trip, but somehow the girls have hijacked their trip to make it all about themselves. Now I'm in my favourite part of London, the film and media quarter, Soho. I'm walking down Dean Street towards Shaftesbury Avenue. The streets are thronged with crowds of people pressed up against barriers which line the length of the street, cordoning off the pavements which are inaccessible to the crowds. I'm walking on the pavement alone. One or two other people are also on the pavement, standing still and looking through shop windows. The crowds behind the barriers are gawping at us. The people painfully squashed together, their faces grimacing in discomfort. I wander down the street alone, wondering why everyone else isn't walking on the easy path, down the pavement, and is instead choosing to be in the crush of the crowd. It just doesn't make sense. I keep walking and eventually reach the rarefied atmosphere of Regent Street. Now there are less crowds in the roads and more people on the pavements. I look around me and notice that all the people on the pavements are men. There are no women around and the men look hostile, thuggish and threatening. I realise I'm in danger now and need to get back to the seclusion of my hotel on Dean Street where no one can see me and I'm safe inside. I'm in the house where I live but it's not my waking life home. This one is only one story high and in a tropical country. The bungalow is surrounded by emerald green grass and trees that glow in the light. I discover a room I hadn't even known was there. I walk in and look around me. Wallpaper is peeling off the walls. It is completely empty and looks like it hasn't been used for decades. A child's writing covers one of the walls, but I can't make out what it says. I'm short of space in my house. I need this spare room to set up a permanent recording studio, and this would have been perfect. I can't understand why I've never used it before, why it has lain undiscovered and neglected for decades, but I'm excited to have found it and look forward to renovating it. I'm back in the main part of the house now, in the open-plan kitchen diner. I look around me and the door to the room is no longer there. I realise that the room doesn't really exist. I was just imagining it. I'm absolutely gutted. I look through the French windows into the lush garden. My husband, Brian, 
points out the outlines of walls in the grass where we once demolished a spare room to make way for more garden. Brian says he could rebuild the room for me to use as a studio, but is too tired. I feel trapped, staring at the garden, at resources which could be so useful, but I cannot use. I hope you enjoyed that. All the technical magic is by me, Jude Calvert-Toulmin, author. You can buy my novels at fleurdelypublishing.com, discuss the episodes on Instagram, read the transcripts at Medium, and you can be a vital part of creating this podcast by donating at Patreon. And remember, it's all dreams. It's all real. (laughs) 